0: seconds remaining in regulation time the Flames take a two-to-one lead Derek Wills with the call on the Flames radio network another clutch goal for Calgary another one of course by Elias Lindholm as they have now won 10 straight 10 straight and we're going to connect with uh, Pat Steinberg in a second here to talk about that incredible winning streak here's what's going on in the NHL tonight two minutes left in Columbus Blue Jackets and Maple Leafs tied 3-3. Jason Spezza just tied it up at seventeen fifty four of the third, his 10th of the season. The Maple Leafs are out shooting the Jackets 42-28. It's 4-4. Predators and Panthers with about six minutes left. The Senators have beat the Wild 4-3. How about that? Minnesota crushes. Edmonton, and then loses to Ottawa. The Blues went 4-1 in Philadelphia. A couple of games coming up later. We will go down the highway. The host of Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 in Calgary, the Flames Radio Network. My good friend Pat Steinberg checking in.
1: Steinberg, how are you doing? I'm good. Does that mean that uh, we can now say because Ottawa beat Minnesota and Minnesota beat Edmonton that Ottawa has to be better than the Oilers, right? That's That's the only conclusion we can come to?
0: Well, I think we already arrived at that conclusion. Ottawa's 2-0 and against the Oilers this season, man.
1: I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to trigger anybody. I'm just a poor attempt at being funny. Hi, Reed. I love you.
0: How are you? No, you do. Well, I, I know you love me, and you are you are a funny man, and I know you're not going to trigger anybody. But, yeah, I mean, it is. Obviously, it's crazy. So, I mean, look at the Canadians all of a sudden, right? Marty St-Louis, coach of the year, apparently
1: and the the Maple Leafs can't seem to figure it out. All of a sudden, the guy who was in the Vezina Trophy conversation and Jack Campbell, that's that's definitely changed. And Mrazic couldn't make a save last night. I was watching that game as we were doing our post-game show following Calgary's win. So, yeah, Toronto's all of a sudden turned into a, a really interesting spot to watch before the deadline, too
0: all right let's talk about the flames and you and i go on each other's shows fairly regularly to to weigh in on what's happening and get some further details i was obviously on with you uh It was either the day of or the day after the Oilers made their their coaching change. And so far, so good for Edmonton since then. But Calgary was winning before that happened. They've been winning since. It it is 10 straight, tying a franchise record. I was given the the stat of plus 55 uh, gold differential, which, I mean, isn't the be-all and end-all, but it's it's a pretty good measure of some things. Uh, I believe, is it plus 40 for Goudreau?
1: Uh yes, or is it that sounds it's plus right. forty one. It's plus forty one. Yep. And they're plus thirty in terms of goal differential during this win streak. They're forty five to fifteen or forty two to fifteen. Like it, it's as it's as good a run and as uh dangerous and scary a Flames team I can ever remember covering. Like I can't remember a time going to the rink where he just kind of expected the flames to win every game they played and you know i know that you're probably you might be listening right now in your market say okay Calgary guy talking good about the flames but but i've been pretty critical of this group and they have they have made some bizarre decisions over the years they have had teams that have underachieved i mean last year's 56 game schedule was one of the biggest failures I can remember in, in recent memory from the Calgary Clans. And the fact that they're doing this and the fact that they have put together this 10-game run and have won the games the way that they have is, is some of the most impressive work I can remember in covering this team full-time for more than a decade. And it starts right from the guy they brought in a little less than a year ago in Daryl Sutter. What, what Daryl Sutter had done you know, sometimes I, sometimes I think that, you know, the the whole well, it's it's the it's the coach, the the coach is the reason why team A is doing this. And sometimes I think that's a little overplayed, and sometimes I think the the Jack Adams Award sometimes rewards coaches or or recognizes coaches that that maybe they haven't been the biggest reason for a team's success. Like the last Flames coach to win the Jack Adams was Bob Hartley, and. I'm sorry, was Bob Hartley the best coach in the NHL in the 14-15 season? No, he sure wasn't. But his team went on this ridiculous, unsustainable run. They won a bunch of games in the first half of the season when they were trailing after two periods, and they caught lightning in a bottle. And and to me, that is much less about a coach and more about things that you can't explain or more about the group inside the locker room. But this is different. Daryl Sutter has this track record of extracting the most from teams and has the track record of getting to a spot and instantly turning them into a certain brand of hockey. And that's exactly what has happened here in Calgary. And during this 10-game win streak, streak, the way that they've played is so true to the identity that Daryl Setter has carved out and so true to the way that they need to play with their roster to have success that I I can't they won 10 games in a row five years ago at about this time in the 16-17 season. And you could poke holes in that win streak so easily. There were so many smoke and mirrors that went into that. This is different. They're playing a sustainable brand of hockey, a consistent winning brand of hockey. It's really impressive to see. They have bought into a a message. They have bought into an identity from their head coach. They do it on a regular basis, and they are... What is maybe the most impressive thing, and I don't know if you can attribute this to coaching or if you just attribute this to guys with more NHL experience than in prior years, they are so much more mature in-game. They don't get rattled the same way they used to get rattled in-game. It's it's impressive, Reid. I can't remember being this impressed by... Flames team over the last decade there's still 33 games to go though there's still a lot to accomplish and they still haven't beaten the Oilers there's some they haven't played Colorado yet there's still some pretty significant hurdles for this team to get over but this is a pretty impressive run I I have been thoroughly impressed by what I've seen
0: well I I don't blame I mean so have I I mean they've absolutely crushed some teams and then uh, yeah there's been some close games but still if I always say if you if you win there's still a reason you won the game even if can people can say well maybe you should have lost there's still always a reason uh, you win the game so yeah it is pretty impressive so the the impact of Sutter like were the seeds planted last year because he did take over partway through last year and i think you would agree with me at least i thought there was a minimal if any impact or or was there was some of this building last season and i agree with you they were a big disappointment last year
1: Yes. The answer to that question is yes. So, because while his results in terms of wins and losses, not really all that impressive, I think it was like marginally better than where they were under Jeff Ward before the firing. They went 15-15-0 under Daryl Sutter in the 30 games he coached. So that's a 500 team. It's a non-playoff team. But here's the thing. In those 30 games they played – you could see the transformation in terms of how he wanted them to play. And let's not forget that he got, came in. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He's trying to figure out how to relate to player A, player B, player C. The team's trying to figure out what the coach wants. The team's trying to figure out how he wants them to play. So there was definitely a learning curve. But if you go take a look at some of the underlying numbers, their shot metrics, their, their shots against, their chances against, they actually played some pretty decent hockey in that regard in those 30 games. So their goaltending was subpar or mediocre. Their in-game management was poor. They, they, You know, that maturity I talked about, they weren't displaying that, and they got easily rattled in, you know, five- or six-minute spans. But even though they played a really good game over 60, like the vast majority of a 60-minute game, they're like, yeah, the Flames played pretty well. But a five, six, seven-minute span completely ruined it, whether it be because of a couple bad goals or a couple of bad mistakes. And all of a sudden, they lose a game in regulation that you could easily have made the case for them to win. That's not the case this year. And and I absolutely believe some of those seeds started being planted. And Darrell came in last year. Yeah, he wanted to make the playoffs. and It would have been nice if they could have got there over Montreal, all that type of stuff. But I don't think he came in with the idea that they were going to become an elite team last year. You know, he came in trying to lay a foundation, change the way this organization has done things over the last number of years, see how that translates for a 30-game span in the regular season, but really start to plant the seeds, lay the foundation for the following 82-game season. And I think in that regard, he's been very successful because – Some of the things that have been central to their game this year, central to their identity this year, started being put in place last year. And he admitted as such last year. He talked about that. This is not a short-term thing. This is a long-term change in terms of how this organization goes about their business. And here we are, 49 games into this season. And I really think you're seeing the dividends of what he put in place last year.
0: Okay. Now, I, I'm not trying to take away from Goudreau, Sutter, or anybody else. But you need a goalie. A, a buddy asked me on the weekend, how many more points would the Oilers have if Markstrom was their goalie? And I said, well, it wouldn't be 20, but it might be 6 or 8, which would have them flipping spots with Calgary. Um, tell me about the impact of Markstrom on all this.
1: Well, he has been unbelievable. Right? He, and his nine, his nine shutouts, which are one away from tying Mika Kiprasov's franchise record for shutouts in a single season, two away from setting a new record. Like He's been unbelievable. Let's, let's not mince words. He has a massive reason for why this team has had success, and he had a pretty good start and finish to his first year in Calgary last year, but the middle was really poor. In fact, it was really poor. He did not do very good work. I think he was hurt. I think that that was part of it. That you know the the concussion that he suffered midway through the season played a part in his dip in performance last year. But this year he has been consistent. This year he has, in important games and important stretches in games, his game has been at a high level. I look at the last two games they've won. They won two one over Seattle on Saturday and they win 3-1 over Winnipeg on Family Day yesterday. And, and in either of those games, there could have been a massive swing. Calgary was the better team against Seattle, but you know what? The Kraken played them hard and made it tough for the Flames to generate a ton of quality opportunities. And you could have made the argument that yesterday against Winnipeg, the Jets were probably the better team or carried more of the play for you know the majority of the 60 minutes they played. But Jacob Markstrom, when games have been on the line, has, has made like 10 bell stops. And during this 10-game win streak, where he has won eight of the games and started nine of them, uh, during this 10-game streak, his high-danger save percentage is off the charts. And that is something that has really, really been huge for the Flames during this streak and all season as a whole is the fact that His his ability on ten bell chances, on chances, he has made he has made important timely saves in that regard and it has been a huge reason why they've been able some of these closer games and beat some of these, these really good teams. You know, there's a couple of couple of teams that he's had his, his struggles against. He has not been very good against the Oilers in his career and not been very good against the Oilers uh, since getting to Calgary. And that is a significant hump that I think he's going to have to get over in this Pacific division. But he's huge like he, he is a, one of the two or three biggest, most important reasons. I would put Jacob Markstrom and Elias Lindholm as kind of your co-MVPs this season, and that has taken nothing away from Gaudreau, from Kachuk, from Manjapani, But if they don't have Lindholm and if they don't have Markstrom, I, I don't think they're doing what they're doing right now.
0: Yeah, well, I, I I've always loved Lindholm he's going back to carolina and I've, I've often said that i think he's the best player on the flames just because of his all round ability pat steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in calgary joining us tonight can you please take me back january 4th 6th and 7th the the flames lose 6-2 to florida they lose 4-1 to tampa bay they lose 6-3 to carolina the oilers have those three teams coming up but in different order so it didn't go well for calgary so Those results might uh, further make Oilers fans feel a little uncertain about what's ahead
1: here. Pat, do we have you? Sorry, say that again. You cut out. Okay. Uh,
0: Take me back to January 4th, 6th, and 7th. The Flames lost 6-2 to Florida, 4-1 to Tampa Bay, 6-3 to Carolina. The Oilers have those three teams coming up, albeit in a different order um but that's kind of death valley here in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll be honest with you. Um they they were kind of outclassed in all three of those games. You know, the Florida game was maybe a little closer than the score suggested, but Flames were just a little bit too loose in the way they played against Florida and with the highest scoring, one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL, if you play loose like that, you're you're going to be in trouble and they did not get a great goaltending performance from jacob markstrom that night and it ended up being a fairly lopsided loss um the tampa and the carolina games unfortunately the flames are the second best team on the ice for both those games um they they got they got pretty outclassed and i i don't I don't know if it was fully indicative of where the flames are compared to the uh, top tier teams in the NHL. Because I think we can all agree, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, three of the you know top elite tier teams in this league. I don't know if it was fully indicative in terms of where the gap is because the flames, especially in the Tampa Carolina games, they were a little off their identity as well. And in both those games, Dan Vladar started because Markstrom was a little banged up, and whether he got a, tweaked something against Florida or it was before that. I don't know, and the other part is they were still pretty fresh off their COVID pause. Like they didn't come back from COVID until December 30th, and then re- they, they go to Seattle, and now all of a sudden they they're off onto this you know gauntlet of a road trip against three of the best teams in in that Death Valley to the southeast United States. So I think that also played a part in it. I'm really curious to see how Calgary stacks up in this next little bit. They've got some tough teams coming up. They play Colorado twice. They've got some Minnesota games. They've got a Tampa Bay game on home ice. I'm really curious as to how they stack up. But, yeah, the, those those teams are those three teams in the southeast U.S. It's, it's, a, it's a different ball game they're playing right now. And, you know, Carolina plays this very very buttoned down have the puck all the time tough to generate on type style they are deep they might have the best blue line in the NHL they lost Dougie Hamilton in the blink of an eye and whatever you think of, of the guy personally you know Tony D'Angelo has been a great fit for Carolina and has fit really well you know Florida has absorbed the Joel Quenville scandal as if it never happened and Andrew Burnett has stepped in and done an incredible job and you know their, their forward depth is terrifying I still think they need a Another defenseman to be able to truly take that playoff step, but now that, that team does not screw around, and we know what Tampa's all about. And no matter who they lose, when you've got that core and when you've got those players, they're they're true Stanley Cup contenders every single year. So it's a, it's they are tough teams. I don't think Calgary is is quite where they are yet. And I'll be like when it comes to the Flames for me. I don't think that I can put them as a truly top tier team until they actually have some meaningful success come to playoffs. That is the thing that has eluded them for the last decade or so. And they've never been more, they've never been in a better spot or better positioned for actual playoff success than they are this year, but they still have to go out and realize that and actually make it happen. And until that time, I, I'm not going to be able to put the Flames in that top NHL tier. They've got to they've go out and get some noise or make some noise and get the job done and win a round or two come the postseason.
0: Pat, exciting times. Yeah, we'll see if the Oilers can keep pace with Calgary or at least make it interesting here down the stretch. Really appreciate your perspective, man.
1: Well, it is good to talk to you, and who knows, maybe this is the year where we get a a playoff showdown between the two teams. It seems more likely than ever.
0: That would be awesome. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Raider. Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Okay, the Toronto Maple Leafs lose in overtime to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Jason Spezza tied it with 2.06 left, but Patrick Laine gets his second of the game, 18th of the season, 20 seconds into overtime, so the Blue Jackets beat the Leafs 4-3. The Predators outscore the Panthers 6-4. Philip Forsberg had a goal for Nashville in that game. He's up to 26 on the season, Sam Bennett got his 22nd for Florida. The Senators upend the Wild 4-3, and it is the Blues beating the Flyers 4-1. Tarasenko gets his 19th. Coming up in a few minutes, Sharks at Ducks, and the Islanders take on the Seattle Kraken. All right, well, big test for the Oilers tomorrow. Tampa Bay Lightning, four o'clock for the face-off show game at 5:30, right here on 6:30. Ched and of course Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to two you heard from stoff earlier along with pat steinberg and craig mctavish hey you like the show bring a friend next time we're happy to have anybody tag along dave campbell's the producer of the show kellen kennedy is your studio producer my name's reed thanks for listening Six thirty, chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 6 30 chad